Welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I'm here with my co-host, Vic Mattis of the Washington Free Beacon. We are your morning show for any hour. There's tons of news. As usual, the primary proceeds apace. You guys will know the future because it is New Hampshire primary day as we are recording, but we'll do a little state of the race to get into that. And some news, some sad news about the Navy SEALs uh, and about sort of international conflict that will continue to be boiling and a little DeSantis postmortem. But before we get to that, Vic, how is it going? Hello, Mary Catherine. Uh, Going fine. I'd like to start off the show, though, with a PSA, a public service announcement. Mm -hmm. Thank you for clarifying what a PSA is. You're welcome. In case for some of the people who don't know the lingo. You can do that ASAP, which means as soon as as possible. As possible. I got, you know, our, my colleague here, Adam Credo, by the way, he does one FYSA. I don't know what that is. For your situational awareness. Oh, FYSA. Okay. This. Okay. So, you know, there's a, there's a streaming show, uh, a network, Fox Nation. So it's yes. different from Fox, Fox yes. Nation, uh, and they have special programs on there. And I, it's streaming, and it's—I uh, believe you have to pay. That's, that's, yes, that's, I think that's a premium. That's a premium. Yeah. Okay, they had an ad for a show on Fox Nation, and it's called Poison Ivy. And I just want to let everyone know it did not star Drew Barrymore from 1992. <laughs> Mary Catherine, I'm so glad by the look on your face you got the joke. I said, suppose I tell it. Oh boy, do I get that? Joke. You know, I was so looking forward to Poison Ivy. It wasn't even Poison Ivy two with Alyssa Milano. Oh, nor nor was it. Nor was it uh, Poison Ivy three, uh, the new seduction with Jamie Presley. <laughs> oh, Jamie Presley did. Yeah, one. she did. She mm. did. Uh, no, uh, uh, this was a different Poison Ivy. Apparently, okay. uh, things in school are bad. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, so uh, that. if you're if you're into that, meaning uh, knowing about how bad things are at our schools in the Ivy League. Tune into oh, Poison they, Ivy. I see what they did there. Yes, they should. They should do one on like you know the uh, the economy, and they can call it risky business. You know, <laughs> they 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 could do one with you know with uh, Debbie Wasserman right. Schultz. She goes to Dallas, and then Debbie does Dallas. Yeah. They could do that on oh, Fox God Nation. My gosh, just Stop tune into it. that. I got more. I got more for that came from. Okay, <laughs> that's all I had for you. Little They're going to do one called Top Gun, and Katie Pavlich will host. Hey, hey, look at that. There you go. Uh, she actually does have one on Fox Nation. That's like luxury hunting lodges of america and it is amazing oh yeah no she goes she goes on a trip to these amazing places and does the things she loves most in the world that's the job and that's the gig and it's fantastic it's fantastic i will i will say this no matter where you are and what you do it does require in our business as you know work yes it does it does work so i I do want to say you know i've probably been on five Maybe six weekly standard cruises. Rest in peace. And we worked hard. You know this. As soon as you walk out of your cabin, you're on. You're on. And everybody, most people are interesting, but you have to genuinely be. People pay good money. And I always say they pay good money, not just to listen to you, but for you to listen to them. This is their time. They subscribe to you. Here's what they think. You have your platform. Now I'm paying for mine. And this is it. And every (laughs) night, it's different guests. Every night, different table. And it's, how are you? What are you doing? What do you think about this? And you sort of run the table. So Kate and I would split up, you know, right. because it's a large table. You sit on one end, I sit on the other, and then we'll divide and conquer and make sure everybody has gets their money's worth. Also, if you really do listen on those gatherings, because it's older folks, it's yeah. often business people, mm-hmm. you will hear oh, yeah. some amazing stories. You'll be talking about politics, and then you'll be like, well, tell me about your life. And this person will have built some 
multi-gajillion dollar business yeah. coming from nothing, yeah. has four kids mm -hmm. that are all raised and also running the business. You're like, oh, I just, I like write little political columns, but good, good job you for what, one of the favorite, hanging with us. One of the favorite guests I met uh, was a fellow named Pat Halloran, and he was a small, old, wiry guy. And it turned out uh, he was a pilot for the U-2 reconnaissance plane. See? And later on was a test pilot for the SR-71. Yeah, this is what Just I'm saying. Amazing. You find amazing people. Yeah. So, all right. How are you? If you listen to them, right? Yes. And so um, I imagine the cabin thing is, it's, it's hard work. It sounds work. fantastic. Hard, a lot of travel. Uh, Go fantastic, ahead. Fantastic work is what that is. Um I remember Poison Ivy because I remember the Yes, please, movie, let's go back to the important subject. I remember the movie poster yeah. hanging in the local video store. Yes. Oh, it's good for it's video. Iconic. Iconic. The the red suit, skirt suit. I pulled I just pulled it up to remind myself. Yeah. Um, you know, Drew Barrymore at her in her twenties prime. Yes. What do you think was the <laughs> this is her sort of sort of post rehab, but before yes. she was well, still before bad girl. never been kissed in the wedding singer. Yes. So she was there. What do you think that was uh, in terms of rental, the breakdown between men and women renting that movie? I mean, it was probably a lot of a lot of dudes. Uh, <laughs> and I do remember perhaps because of the dudes running the video store that that poster stayed up for Forever. a long time, yes, which is, which is yeah. why I remember it yeah. so vividly. Okay. Very nice. I don't think I've ever seen the actual movie. Poison Ivy 2 is pretty good. <laughs> I have no idea. I think the... I'm going to watch all three. Yeah, I don't remember what Get was ready, said. Get ready, Steve, uh, for our marathon. That, that, okay. There you go. Um, I have a little story from my week. Remember I Please. said I was going to be fun yeah, mom. Yeah, yeah. I was going to go. All right. I was going to do some sledding. It's still snow out there. There's snow. It's a little pretty icy right now, so cold. watch out there. But on this, like on the Saturday, it was pretty nice, mm -hmm. still powdery snow. Yeah, uh -huh. And a friend of mine down the street said, we got a good hill by our house. So I took the kids over there. We have some inflatable sleds, not traditional ones. With somebody at Somewhere along the line, we got inflatable sled, sleds. Her kids had big tube sleds, just okay. snow tubes. That, mm -hmm. Not um, the discs. No, just a big fluffy yeah, yeah, tube. Yeah. So that, I like the tube because that offers a little cushion if yes. you are too... If, you, if you're bumping, if you, if you are to crash into something, yes. perhaps it will hit the tube uh -huh. before it hits you. So that's nice. Okay. So I take my kids there. We all walk over to the hill. The hill is great. It is modest but fun with a little dip in it that kind of slows down your roll before okay. you get to the end where Ooh. you might hit a fence or a house. Right. Little kids, totally fine. Not anywhere near fences and houses. However... You may know that I, as a grown woman, weigh three times as much as my children. So I don't know if you guys understand physics, but that's going to carry me. Speed. That's going to carry me speed. faster mm -hmm. down the hill. And I knew that. I knew that, Vic. And as a result, I was like, let's play it really safe. So I went down the middle of the hill, but I was obviously going to tube because sure. I like to do things like that. Right. I'm also in a preservation period of my life. Okay. These tendons need to be pres preserved. Sure. Like everything's got to be preserved. If I go down, we're not the youngins that we. I once can't were. come back from it the way that yeah, I used to. So right. I go conservative on a tube, middle of the hill, not the smoothed out sort of groove area. I go towards the middle of here where it's like sort of chunky snow. Yeah. I'm like, this will slow me down. It goes great, tons of fun. Wow, love this. Thanks. I'm young again. Uh -huh. Okay, I do a couple runs. Mostly the kids are doing it. I'm excited that both of them are going for it. Neither one of them's hesitant at all. So that's do nice. They get to a see. kick out of watching mommy. Go down the... Oh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. yeah I I, a small kick. Uh -huh, yeah. Not a huge one. Medium kick. So I go down the middle of the hill. All, all good. I did like two runs that way. And as we're leaving, 
the other mom and I said, the moms are doing one more run. You should never say stuff like that because you're pushing your luck, right? Yeah. It's like I should have just left, uh, quit while I was ahead. We go down the hill and somehow I veer. Now, the the problem with the tube is you can't steer that thing. Right. Okay. So I end up going somehow sideways oh. onto the more oh, slick no. track. Oh, no. And of course, because of my weight, I hit that like dip area faster than a child would and then sort of hop up over the edge. You were slightly airborne. Which then sends me into the fence area. It's a wooden fence. And worst case scenario, it spins me backwards. So like I can't tell what I'm doing or where I'm going. And I hit the fence (laughs) and my head goes against the fence and my winter hat goes in the air and onto the ground. And I go onto the ground outside my tube. Did you tumble? Was there a bit of a... No, just landed. And there was a moment where I said... Mary Catherine, did you just do the thing where you're too old for this shit? Yeah. And then you end up concussed and you have to like walk home with your children. But I assessed the situation. It was a very light doink on my head. Is there that brief moment, like a couple <laughs> seconds, don't move, wait. Oh, no, yeah, you got to yeah. check everything. You got to check everything. Yeah, right? this okay. is not, again, we're not children. You can't just stand up from no. this stuff. Oh you got to check it out. No way. You got to put yourself. Terrifying. You got to put yourself I'm on so a momentary yeah. back brace, like they, like you know, just mentally, you yes, need to think about right. that that's before right. you get up. Uh-huh. But it turns out, minor doinking of my head uh, against the fence. I put my hat back on. Of course, I played it off a little bit because my kids are there. I'm like, I'm totally fine, totally fine. <laughs> did the kids? Did the kids see you? And if so, did any of them laugh? Not only did the kids see me, one of them videotaped it. <laughs> and honestly. Looking at the video, I was like, oh, that looks scarier than what uh, I felt. I think we, you know what? I'd love to see that video. I'll see what I, yeah. I'll see what I can arrange. Like, anyway, it's no poison ivy. I'll tell you that. Glad, no. Glad you didn't land in any. I came out okay. Glad you are in one piece. Yeah. I came out okay. I did, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. Your risk analysis has to change yeah. as you get older. Yeah. No, when I was, uh, when I was young, uh, visiting, you know, uh, up in the Catskills, as I've mentioned, uh, we would, we went down toboggan. Mm-hmm. That's wood. Yeah. You know, and there's we and you tum- when you tumble on that, everybody's in it. You know, it's a, yeah, you could because you could try to pack in about three guys. See, I'm a, <laughs> really kind of comfortably. I'm a bad say. combo because I like I like stuff like sledding. I like to take some yeah. risks. I am old and I am southern. So, like, I don't know how to do these things. Yeah. If you give me a slip and slide, my risk analysis is pretty decent because I've done that a lot. But snow, it's kind of a rarity. Snow this is different for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, well, thank goodness. Uh, your your uh, intrepid podcast host is a okay. Yes. So, anyway, speaking of intrepid, shall we get into this oh. now mono a uh, womano yes. primary race? Yes. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> mono a uh, womano. That's a new one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, from the beginning of this primary race, the hope of some, the calculation of some, perhaps the hype was that this could come down to a two-person race, and then Trump would really have to face a challenge. Well, it has already become a two-person race before New Hampshire. As we speak today, by the time you hear this, New Hampshire will be done. But a two-person race before New Hampshire, which I don't think any of us actually Anticipated? No, certainly. Uh, considering the person who recently dropped well, out, and I would that's not the second part. That. 
we certainly didn't anticipate a Nikki Haley Donald Trump race by the time we hit New Hampshire. Ron DeSantis dropped out shortly after Iowa. They yeah. did a little bit of perfunctory. We're going to stick around till March for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. But it was clear without any foothold in New Hampshire, even though he had done some events there, he wasn't totally absent. But without a real foothold in New Hampshire and with South Carolina, frankly, looking a lot like Iowa. Yeah. yeah. That if you leave those three states with not a delegate mm-hmm. to your name, mm-hmm. uh, you're there's no path. Yeah. And I think that's what they saw coming. And he stood his ground. Remember, in Iowa, having visited all 99 counties and this is it, make or break. And the best you can do is, what, 21%. Yeah. That's not going to cut it. And uh, the other thing that we've been talking about uh, on the show many times is the amount of money that DeSantis and uh, his super PAC, uh, yes. Never Back Down, I think it's Never Back Down, yes, correct. Um, has spent, which is combined uh, between the two of them, something like 100, $150 million. Yes. So I, I wanted to ask you, did you see that photo that was leaked of um, Scott Wagner, uh, who is the head of uh, Never Back Down, and it's the campaign war room, if you will. And there's only a few days left before, uh, I guess this was before Iowa. Right. And everyone's on the laptops work furiously because it's Iowa. This is where he said, this is it, you know, and visiting all the counties. And Scott Wagner is bent over a table uh, working on a jigsaw puzzle. Mm. And you can see it's a thousand pieces. So it is a challenge. Perhaps not the challenge you should be tackling no, at that moment. So is that what you're was, saying? Rick? Yes, and so he was uh, he was asked about this, and he said, you know, it, it it it's you know you've got this all wrong because you know this is sort of a group thing, and everyone was there it was like we were all working on this together. Well, I hope they finished it. Yay! You know, that's the first thing. The second thing is I don't know. I mean, I, I try that excuse all the time. You know, my wife, my you know, busy with the kids, doing this, doing that, and I'm if I'm playing Civilization on the computer, right, right. Uh, you know, I'm, I just need to clear my mind. Right. I just, my brain I just, needs I, my this. Brain needs us. I'll be better at taking care yeah. of the kids later. This may or may not be true, but it doesn't fly. So, no, uh, it's, that not is a, unf- it's not a great look. This is one of those things where it's a genius move if you win. It's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, jigsaw puzzles <laughs> the, is how you jigsaw, win now. That's when it became the eureka moment. But you know, it this doesn't is it. work. Right. The light bulb went yeah. off. It doesn't work if you don't win. Okay, so there's there's about a thousand things to say about yes, there is. the DeSantis campaign and where things went awry, uh, we should play just a bit of DeSantis himself making yeah. this announcement, mm-hmm. which was released via his campaign, you know, went haywire all over yeah. Twitter slash X. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci. Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. I thank all of our passionate supporters who have stood by us through it all. He really has it in for Nikki, doesn't he? So this, 
let's i'm not gonna i don't want to get to the endorsement part yet yes let's get to the which DeSantis i mean it was in the first. it was in the concession it was these the yeah. campaign termination and endorsement in one big in one. package yeah so first let's do the desantis sure. like sort of post-mortem. post-mortem his announcement had a couple of features that illustrate i think sometimes why that why this didn't work yeah. on the ground Omen. um he started out with a very sober but pretty dry uh, outlining of his vision for mm-hmm. a constitutional america and like you know it's like it's all this policy speak that actually i enjoy very much mm-hmm. because i believe sure. that he believes it and i believe in it yeah. and i think it led him to the many good decisions he made during covid while right. other people including trump were making very bad decisions but it, it doesn't feel entertaining like trump yeah the, which is apparent that's a large part of why people are drawn to him so i think there's some of that and there's- you had to tune in the hard way and there are a lot of old people out there i may one day soon very very soon include myself in this where is he how come he's what what tv station is he on and he's not you right. had to get online and people are getting kicked off and you know because it was too many people trying to watch i mean so it, that was the yeah the infamous uh campaign was kickoff threads? was it threads uh, no, it was on uh, Twitter, X. but uh, spaces. Thought, spaces. Spaces, that's what I meant, spaces. Sorry. Now, so this is the the sentence from a Politico piece that I think is a, a bit unfair to the campaign, sure. but nonetheless sort of channels this mm-hmm. concern. The campaign introduced him to the nation as a bright but socially awkward introvert, a nerd who did not enjoy people, which was a problem since voters tend to be people. Look, here's my concern about this in general, beyond DeSantis. Uh, DeSantis, who I like because he is good at governing. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I agree with him all the time, but I like people who are good at governing. Yep. He understands how the power structure in Florida works. He understands the levers of power that he has at his disposal. You may disagree with how he uses them, but I think he has some sort of respect and idea for what the limitations are, Yeah. unlike a Donald Trump. But the skills that make you good at governing are not necessarily and often aren't packaged with skills that make you good at campaigning. No, and it's unfortunate because, uh, likewise, he he's wooden, right? He has a relatability problem. And I will say, better in smaller groups, that's a thing you saw sure. on the campaign trail that's sometimes. Right. It's a thing I've seen that's personally. Right. There's something but, yeah. weird about the delivery when he's doing this public speaking in front of large, in front of large audiences. It's unfair, but that, as you mentioned, that's just the way it is. You have to be good at that. Barack Obama was good at that. Ronald Reagan was good about that, being able to turn people and uh, being able to put forth the kind of policies that we agree on. All I wanted was somebody who could competently govern, which he right. showed in Florida, obviously, and somebody who can push through conservative policies. There we are. Basically, an adult in the room, and apparently that was too much to uh, ask for. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I, I the, asked for too much. The electorate in the early primary states yeah. does not look like it's looking for other options uh, than l- Donald Trump. We l- hoped that they would shop no. around. No, 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 no. <laughs> but uh, perhaps not. They do, do have you, a chance and we'll know tomorrow. Do you, You'll do you, know now. Do you think he was hurt by not responding sooner to the Trump attacks? Do you remember? Um, I, and I admire. Take right. the high road. I'm not going to address these petty like name calling. Right. But- the name calling so, worked. I think there's a couple things. Let's deal with the uh, structural problem, which is that mm-hmm. uh, so much of the campaign was outsourced to the super PAC with which you are not allowed to communicate. Yeah. And if the person running the super PAC is not your former bestie who is psychically linked to you yes. in a way that uh, makes him able to anticipate your every move, right. him or her, able to anticipate your every move and uh, run strategy just as you would please without talking to you that becomes a problem 
a lot of stuff was outsourced to the super PAC. I think this was a bit of an experiment in campaigns. I think part of the reason they did that perhaps was because DeSantis did want to wait until after his legislative session was done uh -huh. in order to get his work governing done right. and then move on to doing this. And so he wasn't going to be as personally involved in that. So he handed it off. In the end, that did not work out. So that's that's one thing. Jeff Rowe, by the way, is the one who ran uh, Never Back Down. And Trump, in his vindictive way, has said nobody can hire Jeff Rowe anymore, who's a lo longtime high-power consultant. Yeah. Um, who, you know, he has the attention span of a nap, so who knows how long he'll stick to that. But I think also you have... The Goldilocks problem here, which is that how do you attack Trump? Mm -hmm. Right. You can be Chris Christie. You can be too hot. Right. right. Or I guess too cold for the uh, right. too cold to Trump for the Trump right. voters and soft Trump voters right. to come to you. Uh, you're just making a point. You're not going to win them over. You can be too warm. Vivek. Vivek Ramaswamy, yeah. right. Who's uh, just too close to Trump. And there's absolutely no reason that you would vote for Vivek over Trump because he's saying Trump was the greatest president ever. So why would you do that? And then there's DeSantis who tried the just right approach, right? He tried to go after yeah, him on some things, but not on others and sort of stick up for him when he felt lawfare was unfairly going after yeah. him, which I understand the impulse because I, I do it too, even though I am not a huge Donald Trump fan, if you're trying to be honest with people. Uh, but the just right path didn't work either. And the just, just right path especially didn't work after Trump started being indicted. First, it should be noted with the most ridiculous of the indictments, which is the Alvin Bragg yeah. indictment. The hush money. So yes. that had a galvanizing impact. There's another problem, which is the timing. The time at which Ron DeSantis was a clear front runner over Donald Trump yeah. was January of 2023. I was going to say the, yeah. So if he had started a different campaign in January 2023, mm -hmm. do we think that it also would not have been kneecapped in March by the brag, the, the start of the cascade of, yeah. of indictments? And then last, I think, if it were me, I would have run a campaign that defined Donald Trump as the Fauci president <laughs> and just yeah. hoped that the Republican voter who cared immensely about pushing back on COVID restrictions right. at the time. Well, the memory's still fresh. Mm -hmm. uh, would have reacted to that. I'm yeah. not sure they would. I know that I'm different than right. the average voter in that I want accountability for that. Yeah. But I think if you were still gone, demanding the reckoning, yeah, if you'd gone hard on that and that had been it's like, possible. just, just run gifts mm -hmm. in ad form yeah. of him putting the metal, the metal on Fauci's on. Like, just, just That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's the yeah. whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that's oversimplifying. I I'm not, a high power consultant myself. Uh, but that would, to me, that's, that's the killer differentiation between the two. And if you don't go hard on that one, it doesn't pan out. Right. Uh, and instead you had, it might not have panned out anyway. Instead you have Trump caricaturing uh, DeSantis yeah. and even trying to tie him to oh, no. bad COVID policy, ludicrous. which was insane. So ludicrous. Right. But I mean, but the Trump tactic is, you know, just throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. I mean, a lot of people like to do this uh, as a thing. And then if it doesn't, okay, move on to the next accusation, hurl the next insult. Right. The thing about Trump, of course, is this is like, this is all a game for him. Right. And he likes to, he likes to win. Yeah. You know? And so while it is a game, 
he will do everything it takes to win. And he's going to call you all sorts of nicknames and make fun of you for wearing lifts and sanctimonious. You know, it's like telling Ted Cruz that his father shot JFK, right. you know, and then all of a sudden there's Ted, behind us. Right. And there's now Ted Cruz endorsing uh, Donald Trump. I mean, it is. It's it's really it's really quite amazing the these turnarounds and I think you wanted to talk about the the endorsement. Uh, well, I do, perhaps. but first, can I say what makes me the most concerned? Yeah, and sad, frankly, uh, about DeSantis not being able to challenge Trump. It is this: it's not a secret that I like DeSantis and largely like his governance mm-hmm. of the state of Florida and think he would make a good president. However, I was skeptical of the like ability to campaign in this way, and here here we have it. Yeah panning out in that way or not panning out in that way. What concerns me is this, is that we have, if the people of America, of the major parties, as it looks like they will, choose a Biden-Trump rematch, what they have chosen is two major party apparatus. Is that how how you do that plural? Apparatus. Us us becomes E, yes. Who have no interest in any COVID accountability ever. I again, I know that I'm different from a regular voter. Right. right. They both had a hand. Well, this is the yeah. thing. Trump was complicit in a lot of stuff that happened sure. in 2020. Now you can say, we didn't know. We it didn't was know. a novel threat. Understood. Right. A lot of people did know, though. And a lot of people made different decisions. Yeah. And I will always be thankful for the DeSantis's and the Kemp's and the Kim Reynolds and the Christy Gnomes mm. of the world yeah. who did Brian Kemp, buck. Yeah. yeah, Kemp of Georgia, who did buck. Yes, the Trump White House and say we're going to do things differently. The Trump administration decision to shut down the greatest economy Mm -hmm. in the history of the world was one of the most disastrous public policy calls in the history of this country. Right Uh, Now, he doesn't get blamed for that. No. This is why I would have tried to blame him for it. (laughs) That would have been my thing. (laughs) But uh, he doesn't get blamed for it. He kind of he skates on it. He doesn't want to go down this road. I don't think he has the energy for it or the inclination or the discipline to be yeah. interested in like rooting out the deep state of like, oh, I don't know, the NIH and you, all, the, all these. Do you remember Do you remember how Mitt Romney had difficulty going after Barack Obama over the um, health care for all, right? You, yes. know, you, you know, Obamacare, because he had his own sort of right. version of that in Massachusetts and it sort of hampered him in that argument. Yes. Do you think as a result, you're, you, I, it seems to be you're suggesting that then Trump is not really going to go after Biden on the whole Fauci thing because yeah. he's connected to it as well? Yeah. The both yeah. They're, 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 what's the meme with the arm wrestling arms? You know, oh, yeah. That's from, uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's from Schwarzenegger and, yes. uh, uh, and uh, Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers and Predator. Yes. Well, so, commando is Commando, actually. Yeah, so that is, uh, that's the meme. They are the meme on predator, covering, up, <laughs> covering up COVID yeah. transgressions. Yeah. Democrats, of course, have no interest in looking into this for the most part because not only were they complicit in it, but they kind of liked it. They thought it was awesome yeah. that they had all this power to do all these amazing yeah. things and just tell everyone what to do for safety and such. All of this makes it more dangerous that this could happen in the future. And in case you're wondering how interested Trump is, let me play this clip of him this week. I think we did a fantastic job on COVID. Uh, Nobody knew. You know, I've been given tremendous credit for the economy, for the military, for foreign policy. The one thing I've never been given credit for was the job we did on COVID. We did a fantastic job with all of the... uh, all of the medicines and all, if you look at Regeneron, all of the things that we did, we did a fantastic job. 
have never been given the credit for that. And basically, I allowed the governors to do their states. And people like Henry McMaster, who was here yesterday, who, by the way, endorsed me, you know, he's the governor of South Carolina. Almost every politician in South Carolina endorsed me, which is a little bit tough for Nikki. Fantastic job. What was, what was no his, notes. What was his line about Regeneron? That was very interesting because yeah, no, uh, he, that's a that's a very big and successful pharmaceutical company. But they did not. Uh, they Pfizer and uh, Moderna had the vaxes. So he might he might have just forgotten. I, you know, it's, you a, know? it's a nice shout out. I, I for the record, I own some stock in Regeneron, so I was kind of curious about that. No, but um, fantastic job. He has no notes on anything that oh, no. went down in 2020. And yeah. here's the thing. Look, he does deserve credit for pushing back in some ways. Mm-hmm. He suggested that schools should open and the teachers unions sure. and the pediatric associations and all these idiots who were too uh-huh. too uh, obsequious to their own ideological right. leanings rejected that correct advice and sometimes bullying in the way that yeah. he was putting it in, because it was from him. Oh, this is just the same thing as uh, Kamala Harris saying that she wouldn't take the Trump vax. Yeah, but here's the here's the difference, though, and this is this is why I like governance. The same thing happened to DeSantis. Yeah, Death Sanders. People were aligned against him. Oh my goodness. The Trump, the uh, Florida teachers unions sued him yeah. to stop him from opening schools, schools and he was like, please, "No, we will, people, we right? will fight you and we'll beat you." So that's the difference, yeah. right? So that, opening the beaches. How dare you open the beaches? And I think that's what you lose in this transaction. You lose someone who's interested in going after those people. Right. Nikki Haley might be somewhat more interested than right. Trump is. DeSantis certainly the one who was most interested in doing yeah. that. And if you end up with a Trump, you lose someone who has the ability to discern the correct call yeah. on something like this in the future. And you know, well, Florida, fantastic should, job. Florida should be happy to have him as their governor. <laughs> Indeed. Um, meanwhile, Nikki Haley, she's talking about um what you lose in the transaction. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to being uh, nigh on 80 years old, here's what she had to say in New Hampshire the other day, getting a little tougher mm-hmm. on old Donald Trump. You all saw what happened at the rally last night. That wasn't the first time. Go back and look. Here you've got a situation. I'm not saying he is in any way like Joe Biden, but Joe Biden is not what he was two years ago. We need a president for eight years, even if you have a president for four years. The man was going on a rant about how I was keeping Capitol Police from going in on January 6th. He went on and on, mentioned my name multiple times about the fact that I stopped people from being secure on January 6th. I wasn't in D.C. on January 6th. I had nothing to do with the Capitol. It's things like that. He said multiple times that he ran against President Obama. He didn't run against President Obama. These things happen because guess what? When you're 80, that's what happens. You're just not as sharp as you used to be. This is not personal. Y'all know I voted for him twice. I was proud to serve in his administration. This is the fact that we have a country in disarray and a world on fire, and we need to know that we are not giving our kids options of two 80-year-olds going into a presidency. We need to know that the person that's going to be in this office has the stamina to be at the top of their game when it comes to national security, the top of their game when it comes to the future of our economy and what we're going to do for our kids. And so those are the concerns that we continue to bring about. She ain't wrong, though. No, and, and yet somehow that's what's going to happen, isn't it? We're going to have the Well, you know, she, she's rounding up Trump's age, isn't she? He's yes. not quite. He's not quite there. He's not quite, but, you know, you're rounded up to the closest. 
<laughs> yeah. Just like you rounded up at like CVS to donate to the. Oh, you Oh, well, yes. Sure, round it up. Round uh, yes, um, I do that too. By the way, I do want to just like just place an alert out there for you guys uh, in case anyone's not worried yeah. about the government uh, response to a, a threatened mm-hmm. pandemic in the future. The World Health Organization has formulated a pandemic treaty yeah. that they're pitching to everyone that would just agree to just do what the World Health Organization says should this happen again and sort of, you know, undercut sovereignty yeah. for all free nations. So just look out for that. Yeah. And, In association uh, with the World Economic Forum, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Everything will be fine. Is, I would just, is, let's, whoever's friends with Donald Trump, should he get the nomination? Let's just put that. Put that bug in his ear about this. I'm like, just like, hey, yeah. not listen to these guys. Okay? I yeah, especially with the, who they have, uh, uh, Doctor Ted. Um, he's gonna he's gonna bring Fauci uh, out of retirement for yeah, one last yeah. pandemic. You, you, you can't question him. But I feel like that's what happened <laughs> under Trump. Was of course. Do you that have it in you, Anthony, the, the, to come and help me? Yes. In and, the nation's time of need. And in the, I'm retired. The last I'm too time, old for this. And well, in the last time, that was a good Fauci, by the way. The, the last time Fauci was. You know, in the Trump administration, of course, you know, you were bullied into just basically the media was like, how dare you question the temerity, even question Dr. Anthony Fauci yeah. and what he has to say. Did you, did you have thoughts on the endorsement, by the way? Oh, um, yes. Yes. Sorry. That's we lost okay. track of that. <laughs> no, look, I think this is a, this is the. That was a quick turnaround. <laughs> yeah. Look, I think that endorsement sounded a, a bit perfunctory, as you might expect. It's interesting, though, because I think him dropping out pre-New Hampshire likely benefited Trump yeah. versus Haley. His now I'm a person Why would he do that? So I'm a person who's who would likely be, if I were in one of these early states, probably a DeSantis voter with a second choice Nikki. Nikki. Right? Yeah. A lot of people are Trump voters with a second choice DeSantis. He did accomplish right. that. He yes. he became that second choice. Most DeSantis voters are second choice Trump probably or more 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 comfortable in that camp, right? I guess. So I think maybe that helped him. Right. And you saw a little bit of that in polling, which we shouldn't get to because it's already done. <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, what's the point? But the uh, uh, but again, the thing with 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 Trump, of course, is that once once you bend the knee, you are a worthy contender. Right. Oh, you know, he, he everything a, we said, you know, that's just the way the game is played. But again, you know, all's fair in love and war. Yeah. But now, of course, now that, you he know, did, he did say he will retire the name to Sanctimonious. Did he, did he say that for real? He did. We'll see. Oh. We'll see. I'm not okay. sure. I'm not the, sure I fully believe that one. You know, I'm glad that he conceded that they've had disagreements. But the stuff he said about Trump in the past was pretty harsh. Uh, so well, I, the stuff you know, Trump has said about him was pretty is harsh. insanely yeah. harsh, right? And then I think about you well, know this is that the turnaround with, is so. This is the problem with the whole party, right? Is right. that this guy has uh, the is it prim, imprimatur or imprimatur imprimatur? Yeah, imprimatur of the of a, such a large part of the voting base yeah. that to stick with your principles and say. This guy's not fit for office hurts you right. with voters to such a degree that many people are not willing to just say like, nah, I'm not, I'm not there for it. Right. The, what, to me, perhaps the most disappointing part of the primary process was when they were all asked if they would vote for him if he was convicted of a felony and they all they all except Christie raised their hands. I was like, 
you wouldn't want to leave that open for a game time decision. No, <laughs> no, no. Because I be feel like, like I'm not sure. Like which felony? Yeah, no. It would. It would I'd like to know. It would be like, is it Mayor Curley or is it the? It was it in Rhode Island, uh, for that matter, where the you know the politician who's in jail and still is elected into office. Maybe that was Mayor um, Curley. By the way, Boston. I want to. I also want to commend on a little bit on this front uh, yeah. a a piece uh, in Politico called "Our System Needs to Be Broken" and he is the man to do it. It's a sort of an in-depth mm-hmm. piece about one specific New Hampshire voter oh, by Michael okay. Cruz. His name's Ted Johnson, and he was an Obama, Obama, Trump, Trump voter, and he's been, uh, you know, he and his brother have a rift because his brother's anti-Trump and he's pro-Trump. But there was a moment in the fall when he was pro Nikki Haley in New Hampshire. And he thought, well, maybe we do just really need to come together. And she's somebody who's more positioned to do that. And then he got madder and madder about the Biden administration. And the attacks and the weaponization. The the Biden Biden administration's weaponization to some degree, the indictments, the Biden administration's total incompetence, the idea that them being out to get Trump means they're out to get people like him. Yeah. And, uh, and the utter disdain, by the way, of people like this voter, like, you know, well, you're too stupid anyway. We're just going to do it. Right. You know. Yeah, you're right. So a lot of the, the piece, by the way, the piece in classic media style, mm-hmm. it actually is listening to this guy. Uh, and I appreciate okay, that. Yeah. And it, it gives a full hearing to yeah. his concerns. It also puts Russiagate in quotes as if he is conspiracy mongering about right. Russiagate. And it's like, yes. no, no, no. You guys are the conspiracy theorists. He's correct about being yeah. distrustful of you and others who pushed it. Right. So, instead, it's instead it's the opinion that the, 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 the these crazy uh, wingers are yes. have conspiracy theory about the conspiracy theory. Now, also interesting, the ads in New Hampshire about Nikki Haley being corporatist or mm-hmm. being uh, sort of the old guard right. yeah. GOP yeah. seem to have landed yep. with him, and he has changed his mind back to being a Trump supporter. But here's the part where, like you said, some some of these pieces are like dripping with too much condescension. Mm-hmm. Here's his take on the indictments. This voter, the federal election interference case in Washington. I don't see it. He said there was no insurrection. The porn star hush money case in New York. Totally ridiculous. The sweeping election interference case in Georgia. Jury's out on what's going on there. And the Mar-a-Lago classified documents case in Florida. It's the one that gives Johnson a modicum of pause. You don't F around with classified material. Whoever Mm -hmm. advised him, he could have that. He should have gave that up, he said. But he was being the stubborn, arrogant person that he is. And he added, I didn't like the way the FBI did it. The raid was ridiculous. And that just emboldened me. Okay. That succinct sort of legal take on all those charges is pretty damn good and accurate. In a nutshell. So you can't come at this guy and say you're not you're perceiving things incorrectly because in fact he knows that Russiagate was a fraud and right. he's perceiving this actually yeah pretty a lot accurately. of these charges are bogus where for, you know in the now the, I disagree with where he comes down sure but the but, real estate assessment you know uh, uh charges you know where he's already been found guilty right, right. but it struck um, me as interesting that like that's, there's no that's, victim in that crime that's but. a to me that's a better assessment of a lot of these legal troubles yeah than, than most what you're hearing people out there. you will see That's on right. TV give That's you. right. Now, and, and to be fair, I was going to say, you know, with DeSantis' turnaround, it's that's not new in politics. I think about Kamala Harris, who went after right. Joe Biden really, really hard, and then now it's the oh vice president, you know. A, she was she yeah. was basically like, he bust me across the nation to go to, yeah. you know, she's yeah. like. That little girl was me. 
So she said the little girl was me. The little girl was me. No, she called him a straight up racist. Yeah, all the things. So these these things certainly happen. Do you do you think that either Nikki Haley or DeSantis is looking for or would take cabinet appointments or VP slots? DeSantis has firmly said no veep for him. That's what he said. Nikki Haley, I don't think, has ruled that out entirely. What your, what's your gut on that? In DeSantis's campaign termination speech, he basically lays out a rationale for going back to Trump at the end of the day because the choice is either between Trump or Biden. We can't yeah. have four He's binary years. choicing us. Yeah. Yes. And it's four years of this past disaster. America's enemies on the, you know, I mean, everything is, is, is falling apart. So we have to go with that option. And because of that, you could rationalize. Right. It's not a binary choice. No, I mean, well, at the moment, I always got a kick out of people who are saying that if you were going to pick somebody else, well, that, that that's just a vote for, you know, Hillary, they would say. Yeah. Well, suppose I was going to vote for Hillary. Now I'm not going to vote. Does that still mean it's a vote for right, Hillary? Right, you know what I mean? True, <laughs> you, know, but, you know, as opposed to people telling you it was a vote for Trump, you know, it's everyone's projecting. But w the rationale is, well, like General Mattis did as Secretary of Defense, uh, you, you need to have an adult in the room. Mm hmm. This guy is the president of the United States. He's a little bit unstable, but maybe that's why we need to be there to counterbalance that right. instability. I, yeah, Except for the, I don't know who's left because all no, those people have all those people left. And I, 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 you know, you think about the cat. If it's like two or three people, they left. Okay, I'll leave. They got access to grind. They got book contracts, whatever. But these are a lot of people who have now burn bridges or that Trump has, you know, uh, blown up the bridge himself, yeah. right? I mean, they've had these bad breaks. Either way, no matter how you cut it, you know, whether it be uh, Kelly or Bill Barr. Oh, yeah, he turns on every single hire he's ever it. made. Yeah, yeah, every single hire, White House press secretaries or whoever. The thing is, you begin to think of uh, Trump after a while as, and I mentioned this uh, before, the, the analogy to the guy in college or the girl in college who, you you know, you have a conversation, you find, you know, you, you find out that they're not living in an apartment or a mm -hmm. dorm with housemates. They live alone. They live alone mm -hmm. in a single and they're like, oh, well, you know, my freshman year roommate, you know, he was insane. You know, my sophomore year roommate, also crazy. Then I lived in this huh. house and all those housemates were awful and terrible. Huh. And you're like, wait a minute, are they all bad? Are what's, they all bad? What's the common thread yeah. here? Yeah. So I mean, that's what I think about it with Trump. <laughs> but I think, yeah, I, I don't know who he's going to have in his in, well, in that's, a cabinet. I think the but, problem with the with this stuff is that you come into a Trump administration, an adult in the room, and you leave very yeah. possibly yeah. diminished and yeah. with an insurmountable legal yeah. bill. Right, right, right. Like, right. Unless you're a, unless you're Sean Spicer, then yeah, you'll come a, back. It's a tough they, they ask. Left on good terms. I, actually, I think Dr. That Gorka. Nick, yeah. Nikki Haley is one of the few people who left without her personal brand suffering. Yeah, having been his ambassador that, to the United Nations. But almost because she exited cleanly, MAGA has never accepted her no. as as one of the one of the team. Yeah. Quite obviously, right? Really. Anyway, she has to perform extremely well here and then in her home state, right? Yeah. And I, I think the order is tall mm -hmm. in South mm -hmm. Carolina. Yeah. But she is a compelling option, and I think she has at least a bit of staying power. Right. Uh, yeah, South. She, that's what she said. You know, you're not, you know, uh, she's not going anywhere. South Carolina is going to be her last stand, uh, I think. But obviously, New Hampshire, by the time you know about this, it, it, things are difficult. It's it's tricky. I mean, that's, this is the thing. I don't know if I said this last podcast, but what I think what I learned from Iowa is I think the open question was, is the GOP electorate going to treat Trump as an incumbent president or as or treat this thing as a true contested primary? Right. And the answer in Iowa is like, 
Yeah. Sure, he's not the strongest incumbent president, but we're going to basically treat mm-hmm. him like one. He would be an incumbent president if he had like won in 2020. Then he couldn't run again. So here we are. Here we are. Anyway, he lost. That's what I mean. He lost, guys. Um, anyway, you're listening to this now, and I know you're wondering, how did Aza Hutchinson pull this off? <laughs> how did how did he, how did he do that? Oh man! All right, we have uh, some sad news yes. um, that I want to note, uh, partly because it's not getting a lot of attention. No. Two Navy SEALs lost their lives in um, in you know, a, a brush or a, uh, an operation against a Houthi yeah. vessel. Um, they were trying to board it from a SEALs sort of combat vessel. I don't know the technical term, but right. from one to the other, uh, two guys went into the water. One first, uh, it was nighttime. They're wearing a lot of gear. One guy goes in first. Uh, the second guy goes in to save him. There was a search for quite some time because those waters are warm and they have a lot of uh, rescue gear on them. And they're, of course, seals. So they're quite proficient in the water. Uh, But it has been called off uh, and they are presumed dead. Their names are Chris Chambers and Nathan Ingram. Uh, Chambers was a Maryland native who moved to Massachusetts and swam for UMass. Oh, he also swam for University of Maryland. He did both. And Ingram was from North Texas. And... There is a tendency, because the press isn't interested in calling attention to the Iranian-backed Houthi attacks on American targets, American forces, uh, shipping lines, uh, or Iranian-backed attacks from any number of terrorists. That I don't think we're going to hear a ton about this. And I would like to suggest, if anyone in the White House is listening, that perhaps you could put these two brave men's names in the uh, State of the Union address. I know that uh, Biden is not in the habit of doing that no. as 13 Marines died during the pullout from Without Afghanistan. A and single mention. I they believe. went unmentioned yeah. at the State of the Union address. But perhaps these guys, right. you could sneak into the speech. Just a, just a thought. It's very sad. This is the cost of the instability in right. that region. This is the cost of, frankly, President Biden being obsequious to Iran. Yeah unwilling to sort of face up to mm-hmm. what the Houthis are up until last last mm-hmm. week they decided oh yeah they are terrorists <laughs> sorry this is on his plate right it's not all his fault but this is on his plate and uh this is the cost of it and now it's hitting actual american service people and their families that's right it's like we don't want to you know we hate to escalate things and turn this into a war guess what you know they're killing us or you know yeah. our our you know our men are dying you know in the fight against these terrorists that we're trying to pretend is not happening. And as always, I mean, this has always been the case for for a very long time now where you you hope and pray that their sacrifice is not in vain, but you think about in the past and how many times has it been like this, right? I mean, it's a countless times that they sacrifice themselves for, you know, a mission uh, where perhaps it's unclear. You think about Mogadishu, right? Uh, 18 uh, U.S. Rangers were killed trying to get Muhammad ID'd. Yeah. You know, and then they ended up, I think the Clinton administration, in fact, ended up making a deal later on, right? They called it a truce. But, uh, and there, by the way, there was an interesting years ago, and it might have been on Firing Line, where one of the uh, parents, a father of one of the uh, Rangers who was killed, uh, was interviewed. And he talked about Clinton meeting with uh, the families after uh, the, the whole Mogadishu uh, Black Hawk Down incident. Right. And, the father said that he asked President Clinton, if you knew that you were eventually going to make some sort of a deal with the Somalis, why did you have to send my son in this whole thing? And according uh, to the father, uh, he said that Clinton said, 
Well, that's, that's a good question. I asked Tony Lake the same thing. He just sort of passed that buck over to his national security advisor. You know, no parent deserves that. You know, I'm sure the conversation with Biden and the parents of these guys will be just as productive. Yeah. So the, to give the president his due, his actual statement is these SEALs represented the very best of our country, pledging their lives to protect their fellow Americans. Our hearts go out to the family members, loved ones, friends, and shipmates who are grieving for these two brave Americans. I mean, it's... Let's just... Can we just win, please? Is that, is that that's also too hard to ask for in this pers- particularly when the strategy is just tit for tat right it's now. It's concerning, so. and again, this is like the the uh, the strategy for many and who are Democrats and and mm. media is that they that they want to fight Trump, right? That's that's the guy yeah. they want on the opposite side of the ticket because chaos agent, and they can you know he mm-hmm. turns off independent voters and suburban mom voters, and yeah. a lot of that is true. But you're going to have trouble running as that guy's a chaos agent when people look at the border, when people look at the Houthi Iranian-backed terrorist network all over the world situation yeah. and how you're sort of like deferring to Iran on it, the economy, um, you're going to have trouble mounting that argument. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh... Given all of this. So best to those uh, families and prayers for them because that is... It's been a rough, you know, 25 years for the military community. Um, I think uh, Dan Crenshaw actually wrote about it on Instagram and noted, I wish more Americans understood the dangerous world we live in. I wish more understood how fragile the system is that gives you all of life's comforts and freedoms. By the way, on that point, when people complain about us delving into hostilities Mm -hmm. in faraway seas, do y'all have any idea economic dum-dums? Where your goods and services yeah. come from, if if they can't get through the seas, no, then they got to go. If the, international shipping is a problem, yeah. you're not going to have the, the things you get from Amazon. The, the Vasco da Gama route yeah. around chaos Africa. spreads easily and quickly, as history shows over and over again. Leaving evil alone doesn't make it go away. Thank God there are brave men and willing to raise their right hand and take on these dangers and protect our way of life. I often hear com- people complain that we are at war in one way or another, whether it was Iraq, Afghanistan, Ukraine. Or maritime operations like this one. But let's be clear. There has never been a we. The vast majority of Americans have been completely insulated from any of the costs of war. There is a small number of us and some, like those two men, make the ultimate sacrifice. Their families make an even greater sacrifice than you can imagine. Pray with them today. Never forget. A lot of military community feels that way. Yeah. And it doesn't help when they're not mentioned in the State of the Union address when yeah. we lose folks. So just like, make a note. Make a note. I'm not bitter about that uh, one at all. You, you wanted... You wanted to talk about Canada's Malay, and here's what I enjoyed about uh, receiving the uh, the discussion for the topics for today, where Canada's Malay. I typed in Canada's Malay, couldn't find anything. I did because you didn't mention the name, so I was like, "Well, that's because it's hard to Canada's spell." Canada's Malay, what? It's hard to spell. Oh, it's hard to spell. Oh, okay. Well, he's he's Franchi. Oh, well, I, know, I'm, but I want to hear all about it, Mary his Catherine. Name's, his name's Pierre oh. Poilev, oh, I think is how he okay. says it. It's hard to say because, you know, in different parts of yeah. of Canada, they speak French, but sometimes the French things are not pronounced it's exactly not the, the same. It's not the same French. Right. Uh, you know, Jacques Pepin, right? Anyway. Jacques Pepin, the, uh, the yes. French chef, when he came over uh, to America for the first time, this is like in the 1950s he uh, or 60s, he, uh, 50s, he uh, arrived at first in Quebec. And he said he was it was like, huh? great. Yeah. And he speaks, he said the, the, the Quebecois... Yes. Cab driver was speaking to him in French, but he said it was like speaking to somebody from medieval times. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, because I would Strange, read this. Because it's like the language separation over time. I would read this Pierre Poilevre, but. <laughs> I'm sure that's how it's spelled. But it's pronounced. I, I believe he says in the video we're going to play for you, Pierre Poilevre. Oh. Just. Okay. So 
he'll settle it for right. us, okay? okay. But right. the, the point is, <laughs> this conservative in Canada who has a libertarian streak but is appealing to uh, sort of the populist yes. revolt in Canada against things like, oh, I don't know, the Canadian government seizing bank accounts of yeah. truckers who crossed them about uh, yeah. about policy. Just the other day, uh, a a policeman was caught on tape manhandling a, a an independent reporter trying to ask Trudeau a question and then arresting that person for assault. Wow. On the police officer. Like it was always it was very clear on tape. Canada concerning yeah. at times. I know they're very concerned about us as well. I'm concerned about them. Yeah. But this guy is sort of the anti-Trudeau. He's a young guy. He's in his 40s. He has a way with words. And he had a very popular uh, viral video in October that I actually meant to talk about, but oh. we didn't get to. Okay. Where he is, I'm sh many of you have probably seen it. It's worth watching. It's like 10 minutes long at least. Where he's being interviewed by a reporter about his, you know, his brash conservatism and his Trump-like oh. uh, uh, speaking right. and, and policies. And he just destroys the guy. And he destroys the guy while munching on an apple. Like, they're in an <laughs> apple orchard. And I just want to play, right. it's like a two-minute clip of him okay. dismantling this guy. So you get an idea of why yeah. people like him. Yeah. You're obviously taking the populist uh, pathway. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> well, ap appealing appealing to people's uh, more emotional levels, I would guess. Um, I mean, what certainly, you mean certainly, you, certainly you tap certainly you tap uh, very strong ideological language quite frequently. Like what? Uh, left wing, you know, this and that. Right wing, you know. I mean, it's that that type I of ideological thing. I never really talk about left but or right. Anyways, a lot I of don't really believe in that. Okay, a lot of people would would say that you're simply taking a page out of the. Donald Trump. Uh, well, like which people would say that? Well, I'm sure a great many Canadians, but like who? <laughs> I don't know who, but well, you're uh, the one who asked the question, so yeah. probably, you must know somebody. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm sure there's some out there, but anyways, the the point of this the point of this question is, I mean, why should why should Canadians trust you with their vote, given, you know. Not not just the sort of ideological inclination in terms of taking the page of Donald Trump's book, but what are you also, talking about? What page? What page? Can you give okay. me a page? Give me the page. You keep <laughs> in saying terms, that. In terms of tur turning things quite dramatically, in terms of of Trudeau and and the left wing and all of this, I mean, you 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 make quite a you know it's it's quite a play that you make on it. So I'm I'm not sure. I don't under, I don't know what your question okay. is. Then forget that. Why should Canadians yep. trust you with their vote? Common sense. Okay. common sense for for a change we're going to make common sense common in this country we don't have any common sense in the current government you know the guy prints 600 billion dollars grows our money supply by 32 percent in three years that's growing the money eight times faster than the economy no wonder we have the worst inflation in four decades i'm going to cap spending cut waste so that we can balance the budget and bring down inflation and interest rates. You'll want to be able to pay your mortgage again. I'm mortified because, you know, you, you've been in the position of being a reporter and asking questions. And this is the reporter nightmare that you don't have your ass together 
and all of a sudden it's being broken apart while you and you you're on the spot live on air and right. what do you say next because you've just been exposed <laughs> for a fraud well good for him uh, this is great that was great so that was great. i'll read a bit from a politico uh, now yeah. in canada there could be an election this year or 2025 yeah. like it's it's unpredictable but he's the has been the head of the conservative party uh has gathered a lot of sort of attention momentum mm -hmm. It's just nice to hear a different voice. And I think in the case of this guy and Millet, they're showing that populism can actually have sound economic, yep. ideal, even ideological sort of real principles right. that you can bring to people and still be appealing to the regular say, guy I, out there. I appreciate the plain spoken as very direct. Just one of his, explain one of, it to me as the average voter. One of his other ideas uh, at the very beginning of this interview, which again, just like sensible, is hey we're we don't have a lot of doctors the wait times in these hospitals are terrible because of socialized healthcare right. uh, and he says well I have a plan to fast track with a um, specific test a bunch of our immigrant doctors who have turned to low wage work or owning other businesses because we don't allow them to be doctors wow. because they're from other countries yes. and they're certified there so That's I would like true. to fast track that well good and I was like oh well that makes sense mm -hmm. <laughs> so interesting dude uh, just keep an eye on it like I said good. that that viral video has been stuck in my mind for months because it's so enjoyable. And now that we have Millet in the Southern hemisphere, and now we have Pierre to the North, perhaps we could get somebody in the middle who, uh, Nope. Are we going to, are we going to not, we're going to pass, no, 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 we're gonna no, pass no, on no, that. No. Okay. Again, asking too much, Mary Catherine, we are asking too much. Go Pierre. Speaking of Canada, uh, listener Ian Brody, uh, says I should, uh, have referred to your ski cap on the last show as a toque. Apparently, that's what yes. they call it up there in the Great White North. Look, this... I thought that was like a, a chef's toque, but they say a toque. No, they do and say so toque. So to our friends this... in Canada, Mary Catherine was rocking the toque. This is a uh, a point of, a bone of much uh, regional contention. Is that right? Yes, because uh, what, do you, what do you call it? A you call it a ski cap? Okay. Yeah. In the South, we call it a toboggan. Wow. Never heard that one. Which makes no sense because I think... Jennifer shaking her head. Hasn't yeah, it's heard a sled, either. right? Yeah. No, like we I could... was... The, a knit cap that you wear in your head in winter is called a toboggan. That's the closest they get to the winter in the South. That's why they call it that. They're just projecting. They wish <laughs> they had a toboggan, no, somebody, so they put one on their head. No, somebody one time like mm -hmm. heard toboggan in a winter context and was like, how about we just call the hat that? Like, give it a name. I have to say, though, uh, my wife Kate was saying she's so impressed by your ability to keep up with the current lingo when you made references to the game day fit. And she's like, is that like, is that like the outfit? Is that the outfit yes. that you wear That's on the fit. game day? Like how you look? And I said, I think so. I think so. I'm not sure. Yep. But, uh, by the way, I have another video up ooh. of me dressed in a game day fit. And you'll have to go check that out at MK hammer time on Instagram. Uh, and I wore that fit by the way, program programming note, because the deal is, like I said, if I'm going to wear the embarrassing outfit to drop my children off at school, I also have to have some skin in the game. So I wear it to some professional engagement later that day. <laughs> okay. And so I wore that outfit that you guys, you guys will see. It was a Travis Kelsey yeah. outfit uh, to Megan McCain's podcast uh, called Megan McCain has entered the chat. So you can listen to Guy Benson and me there and you can check out that fit. I also learned some new slang this week. What'd you learn? F-I-W-B. F-I-W-B, which is? it, we ball. <laughs> Are you can bleep that one. Okay. <laughs> that wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at Victorino Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. You can follow the show at Getting Hammered Podcast on YouTube and Instagram, and you should, so you can see my fits. F it, we ball.
Thank you for being with us. Thanks for getting hammered responsibly. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast.